0: Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the church, campus locations, service times, and more, visit echoeygt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram, at aCOEGT. Now let's repair our hearts as we go into the message. have you ever been on a mission? Right, like you are on a mission to get something, to get something done. All wives can attest to a husband that's on a mission to get the yard ready. Right, like, like when, when, or 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 whatever it is, working in your tool shed or something like that. When you're on a mission, you're passionate. Like, man, you're like, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna just do this just right. Man, you're passionate. When you're on a mission, uh, you're, you're focused. With a man on a mission, you cannot interrupt a man on a mission. Come on. You, you, you go to a man that, that that's working in his tool shed and working on his toolbox or something like that, and you try to get his attention, he's not ignoring you, he's just focused. And and he's focused on whatever it is he's going to do, because a person on a mission is focused. Man, a person on a mission is determined. They're going to figure it out. Man, I... I, I, I You've never met a man so stubborn when he's determined to fix a car. Right? Like, I'm gonna fix this. The mechanic don't need to do it. I'm gonna do it. He's determined. <laughs> Full of purpose. I man, he's got a got a mission. He's gonna, he's gonna make it make it happen. I remember growing up, and uh, growing up, I loved, when I was like seven or eight, I loved Pokemon. And I, I, I love Pokemon, I loved it so much, I was at school, my mom actually came and got me out of school early to take me to the release of the Pokemon movie. Uh, <laughs> my dad just found that out this morning, that's what makes it funny. <laughs> my, my mom never told my dad. I mean, I love Pokemon, and so I was seven or eight, and that happened, and I'm, I'm 28 now. But about a year ago, uh, they came out with this iPhone app called Pokemon Go, and my 27-year-old self turned into a (laughs) seven-year-old child because I was walking all around town trying to catch my Pokemon. (laughs) We were walking in downtown Winter Garden one time, and and, and I guess there were church people and they're trying to get my attention, but I was on a mission. I was focused. I was passionate. I was determined. And I was going to catch my Charizard. I was going to catch my Pokemon. And when you're focused, you got a plan, you got a purpose, you got a mission. don't care what anybody tries to get your attention. You're about your mission. See, Jesus was a man on a mission. He was a man that, that came to earth on a purpose. And, and, and there, there's a scripture at the start of his ministry where Jesus, in and, and Luke chapter 4, it says this. When, when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, He went, as usual, to the synagogue on the Sabbath, stood up to read the scriptures. I want to point that out. Jesus went where? Like he normally did. He went to church like he normally did. Amen. Verse 17, the scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He enrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. When we look at the life of Christ and the ministry specifically of Jesus, we see that the mission that he had from from an early age um, and, and the start of his ministry right here when he's 30 years old, he carried that mission with him all the way to Calvary. See, we're in a sermon series called the journey to Jerusalem. And we've been watching and studying on the journey that Jesus has been taking, making his way to Jerusalem. And all along the journey, Jesus was bringing good news to the poor, freedom to those held bound in their sin. He healed the blind and elevated those who had been downcast. And this is what Jesus came to earth to do. He was a man on mission. He was passionate. He was determined. He was purposed for a mission. Now today, we're going to look at the next journey to Jerusalem in Luke chapter 19, where we are actually a week before Christ is crucified. It's approaching the climax of his mission on his journey to Calvary. There's, less, there's now less than a week away before he'd be betrayed, crucified, and the sins of the world would be put upon him. He's a week away from his mission being completed. Then we pick up in Luke chapter 19, if you'll turn with me there, Luke chapter 19, starting in verse 1, reading all the way down to verse 10, says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region and had become very rich. He tried to get a good look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. I've cheated people on their taxes. I'll give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man, notice this, came to seek and save those who are lost. Can we read that last verse together? For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Come on, say it again. For the son of man came to seek and to save those who are lost. A little bit of background about Zacchaeus. Uh, Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. Right? Like, you, you, you know the song. Zacchaeus was, was very wealthy. It says that he was the chief tax collector. Now, I want to set an image for you. Imagine that we live in a great nation, which we do. We live in this great nation of America. Imagine if a foreign nation came in, and they, 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 they took our women, they took our children, they enslaved them, They would line the roads as they conquered every town and they would crucify the men along the streets. And they overtook the America in which we live. This is what happened to the nation of Israel with the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire was brutal. The Roman Empire was ruthless. They came in, conquered Israel. They enslaved women. They they, they enslaved children. They would crucify the men and put them on the outskirts of town and along the road as a sign that they had conquered and also as a sign not to rebel. Now, imagine that your neighbor, who is a great, great person, Maybe your friend, maybe even your relative had decided, you know, I'm going to betray my country and I'm going to cozy up to the people that have just brutalized us. I'm going to cozy on up to them and I'm actually going to start charging my people even more than that oppressive government charges them in taxes. That was Zacchaeus. As she, Z- Z- Zacchaeus was a Jew. Zacchaeus betrayed his people and cozied up to the Roman government. Zacchaeus was the chief of tax collectors. This was a terrible man. This is somebody that, 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 that the people would hate because he would betray his own flesh and his own blood just for security in his life. See, Zacchaeus lived his life betraying those, betraying his own, his own people. He actually became rich by collecting more than required taxes from the Jewish people and by, frame, and by favoring the Roman Empire over his own nation. He, in all definitions of the word, was a traitor. Zacchaeus would have acquired as much, if not more, wealth than the rich young ruler just chapters previous. He was an evil, hated man that had betrayed his own people. But despite this, Jesus was a man on a mission. Jesus was the Son of God, and he was ready to come and to seek and to save All those who are lost. See, I want you to know today that Jesus is still on a mission. Jesus has a mission to save those that society has cast aside. Jesus has a mission to save our enemies. Can I get an amen? Jesus has a mission for people. And it's my prayer that this week, this holy week, as our eyes are fixed on our Savior, on our Redeemer, our eyes won't simply be fixed on him, but our eyes will be fixed on those his eyes are on. Won't just be on the mission that Jesus completed, but it will be on the mission that is continuing to go today, that our eyes will be on the lost, that our eyes will be on those that need help, that our eyes will be on those that society has cast aside. So we're going to look at three things. We're gonna look at three things in this story uh, today. The first thing, if you're taking notes, is the crowd. Say that with me, the crowd. Say it again, the crowd. (coughs) See, Zacchaeus was a short man. He couldn't see over the crowd. In verse three, it says that he tried to get a a look of Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. Now, I understand Zacchaeus was a short man uh, physically, but I also wanna give a spiritual parallel here today. See, could it be that Luke is also trying to get us to see that, that, that to everybody else, Zacchaeus was not righteous enough to see Jesus? That perhaps his righteousness compared to the world just came a little short. That that not only was Zacchaeus a short man physically, but he was a short man spiritually. Zacchaeus would be considered half the man of a normal Jewish man because of the life that he was living. And the righteousness of Zacchaeus would make him not good enough to actually see Jesus. And we have this crowd that is standing there in a sense blocking his way. You see, the crowd These are people that are following Jesus. These are people that actually believe in him. They're they're following his ministry. Later on in the chapter, these would be people that are with him at the triumphant entry. They they, they, they were having hopes that he would be their their new king, their their Messiah. They believed in him. They were followers of Christ. But isn't it fascinating? It was the followers of Jesus that blocked Zacchaeus from being able to see I'm reading that and I'm going, the crowd stopped Zacchaeus from being able to see. I wonder if there's a Zacchaeus in our lives that are trying to get a look at Jesus, but for some reason or another, we've blocked their sight of him. I want you to know this, that whenever people look at us, they're really looking at Jesus. If people have a bad taste of Jesus in their mouth, it's not because Jesus was unfaithful to them or bad to them. It's because the crowd has blocked them from seeing the real Jesus. I don't want to be a person that is in the crowd that blocks people from seeing the mercy of Christ, the grace of Christ. People see Jesus through us. How we act. But what I love is that despite... The crowd blocking Zacchaeus. The crowd could not block Jesus' sight of Zacchaeus. That despite Zacchaeus being blocked out by, by even the religious community of that day, Jesus still had his sight on Zacchaeus. Anybody thankful that Jesus still had his sight on you? Aren't you thankful Jesus didn't take his eyes off of you when you were acting a fool on that Friday night and that Saturday night? Aren't you thankful that Jesus has his eyes on the lost? Thank you, Lord. Even though Zacchaeus wasn't righteous enough to see Jesus over the crowd, come on somebody, Jesus knew right where Zacchaeus was. And what we see is that nothing, no person, no crowd can block the sight of Jesus for the lost. This is where Jesus's heart and eyes are this weekend. You want to know where where the eyes of Christ are on the week leading up to Easter? His eyes are on our great Punctuous services, his eyes are on those that are going to be walking through the doors of a church for the first time in a long time who are broken and hurting and dying. And he's saying, come to seek and to save that which was lost. And I want to be a place that when people walk in these doors, they don't just see a crowd of people that block Jesus. When people walk through these doors, they experience the love, the joy, the peace, the unfailing love and mercy of our God. The eyes of Jesus are on the lost. There's no one too far gone that Jesus doesn't see where they are and have compassion to save them. The people that we discount as not worthy to be saved are precisely those that Jesus has his eyes on. And I believe it's time that the crowd got their eyes onto the lost. It's time the crowd got their eyes onto those that Jesus has his eyes on. Let's look at point number two, Zacchaeus' actions. Zacchaeus' actions, verse four. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road for Jesus was going to pass that way. A little bit about a sycamore fig tree. These things can get 30 meters high. This is a big tree. This is like a, a big grandiose oak tree, but, but, but it has limbs that are easy to climb, to be really smooth on, the, on the, the, the branches. And what we see Zacchaeus do here is number one, he ran. Zacchaeus ran. But what we got to understand is is that running for a man of his stature would not have been normal. Running was actually a sign that what was in front of you was more important than yourself. Meaning, if I'm running to something, it's more important than what I am right now. It, It was a sign of urgency. It was a sign of I'm on a mission. I got a mission to get somewhere. I'm I'm running from where I am to whatever that may be. For Zacchaeus to be running, he would in essence be saying that Jesus was more important than his position in the moment. Now, in this time, the men of the day would wear long, long robes. And pastor taught on this about two or three weeks ago on a Wednesday night. And they would they, they would wear these, these long robes. But when they ran, the robes would get caught and they could trip. So if they were going to run, what they would do is it would be called girding up your loins. So you would you you would run, you would pick up your, 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 your robe, you would gird it up, you would tie it off, and you would tie it off at your waist so that when you ran your robe didn't trip you up. Well, I, I, I want you to get this picture. Um, Zacchaeus girded up his loins, drawed it up, and now his legs were exposed. You see, if you girded up your loins, you took the chance of being exposed. And for a man of his stature, a man of his prestige, he would, not one, not be running anywhere, and two, would not be girding up his loins. Why? Because he had people that would do that for him. So we see a dignified man now become undignified. We see a man in his dignity go there's something more important than my dignity there's something more important than my than my stature so he ran the next thing he did is he climbed and climbing for Zacchaeus was normal and I'm not talking about because he was short, he had to climb trees to see people all the time. I'm talking about that, that Zacchaeus had climbed the corporate ladder, if you will, his entire life. Zacchaeus had been a man that betrayed people to get his position. Zacchaeus had climbed over top of people so that he could be promoted. Zacchaeus had spent his life climbing and climbing and climbing. And you know what? Zacchaeus was good at climbing. He was good at at making sure his way was gotten. And so now for him to climb a tree, it just had to be second nature. He's climbed over people time and time again, but now he's climbing up into a tree. And I love here that Jesus is gonna call him down from a tree. And I don't think it's just a physical act, but I believe it's a spiritual act where Jesus is saying, Zacchaeus, you can't get to me through your own climbing. Zacchaeus, you can't get to me that way by your own strength. Zacchaeus, you've climbed your entire life, but the way of the kingdom is up, the way up in the kingdom is actually down Zacchaeus come down from that tree come out of your pride come down to humility you can't climb the corporate ladder to Jesus because in the kingdom of God the way up is down and we see Zacchaeus climbed Jesus calls him to come down he comes down they go to lunch together They got this intimate meal together. The next thing that you see happen after he ran, he climbed, is he changed. Zacchaeus changed. There are people in your life that only need an invitation into authentic relationship to be forever changed. All it took for Zacchaeus to change his life around was an invitation from Jesus. All it took. It it, it wasn't a great message. It wasn't this great thing. It wasn't great talent. It was simply an invitation. And I want you to know today... There are people in your life that just need an authentic invitation into doing life with you, into eating at your table, and you don't know the power that that could have to change their life. You are the encounter with God that people have been waiting for. There are people in our community that have been praying, God, if you are real, Show me yourself. Wouldn't it be amazing if this week the people crying out to God to reveal himself just caught a little glimpse of the Jesus that was in you. Just caught a little glimpse of the encounter with God that is on your life. Just, kept, just caught a little glimpse of, 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 of your passion for Jesus. See, people are hungry for an authentic encounter with God. Why don't we as a church this week be that encounter with God? See, Zacchaeus changed. He changed. See, it's quite the contrast between who we just saw a couple weeks ago with the rich, young ruler. The rich, young ruler was wealthy. He had stature. He was a ruler, so he was over people. But he came to Jesus and could not accept salvation into his heart because there were things in his life he was unwilling to let go of. Yet there was a man, Zacchaeus, who had betrayed people and lived a life of sin and had been a notorious sinner as the people would say. Meaning he wasn't just a sinner, he was a sinner people talked about. He was notorious. But he found salvation because he saw the salvation that was in Jesus. He saw who Jesus, who Jesus was. What's fascinating to me is that the rich young ruler was actually loved by the religious community of that day. Zacchaeus was hated by the religious community. The rich young ruler couldn't accept salvation because there were things in his life he was still holding on to. Zacchaeus was hated by the religious people yet find approval in Jesus. Found salvation in in him. See, Zacchaeus changed. According to church history, Zacchaeus is actually the first bishop of Caesarea. Fascinating. That according to church history, when St. Peter went on his first missionary journey, Zacchaeus went with them. And they go to Caesarea, and and they plant a church. And you want to know who Peter leaves in charge? Zacchaeus. He had completely changed his His life, you see, when people encounter the real Jesus, their lives are forever changed. When people encounter the love of Jesus, when people encounter the love of God through you and in his miraculous power, their lives are forever changed. And I believe now more than ever, our world needs an encounter with Jesus, and it's going to happen when we as a people are obedient to God. There's a song that I love, and there's a quote in it that says, simple obedience changes history. You know, your, your simple obedience has the power to change history. Point number three, called by name. Called by name. Verse five, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus, called him by name, Zacchaeus come, I must be a guest in your home today. See, when you call somebody by name, it actually means that you know them. Like if I don't know you and you're across the room, I might go, hey, buddy, hey, guy, hey, man, hey, gal, right? Like, like calling somebody by name means that you know something about them That you know their name, you at least remember their name. I can't remember nobody's name. Yet Jesus calls to Zacchaeus and and, and is a sign that he knows who Jesus is or Zacchaeus is. Jesus knew Zacchaeus, he knew he was a sinner. He had probably heard his name on the religious people's lips time and time again, talking about somebody that was unrighteous. He knew his sin. He knew who he had mistreated, yet Jesus calls him by name. Despite your past, Jesus still calls you by name. Sometimes we get upset that Jesus knows the name of those people that have betrayed us. But I want to remind you, Jesus knows your name. He remembers you. He doesn't call you by your past failures and your past sins. He calls you by who you can be and are through Jesus Christ. You know something that's really fascinating? The name Zacchaeus means pure. The name Zacchaeus means pure. So by Jesus calling him not by his sin and as a notorious sinner, Jesus is actually speaking to the divine destiny in him rather than the labels that society has put on him. I believe that God is looking for a prophetic people who will look at people that are still in sin and will not call them by their current state, but will call the God-given destiny out of their lives that will say, people may call you this, but my God has called you out of that and into a life of victory and restoration and redemption. God is looking for a prophetic people that will say, I want to call out the God in you, the gold in you. I'm going to see not what I see in my spiritual eyes. I'm going to see what you could be if you accept Jesus, you want to know all you, who you can be in Jesus. The labels will fall off of your life. See the people that watched this whole interaction between Jesus and Zacchaeus were focused on the man that Zacchaeus was, but notice this, Jesus wasn't focused on the man. He was focused on the mission. Jesus was focused on the mission. What was the mission to seek and to save that which was lost? See, when your focus is on the mission, you see people in a different light. And if we'll walk out of this place today with our eyes on the mission, instead of our eyes on the sinners and the people and stuck in wickedness, but on mission, we'll begin to see people in a new light. We will begin to see them and their God potential. Jesus was a man on a mission. Jesus is still a man on a mission. He's still same as passionate and focused and determined and full of purpose to see this mission come to pass. But I want you to hear me with this, that the mission of Christ has now become your mission. It's now become our mission. The mission of Christ to seek After the lost has become our mission. One of the last things Jesus says on this side of earth is he said, Therefore, go and make disciples. Therefore, go. Go means action. means there's something on our part that we are called to do. The mission of Christ this holy week is the same mission that he came 2,000 years ago on that holy week to do. He was going to Jerusalem to lay his life down, to seek and to save the lost, and he's still today on Palm Sunday wanting to seek and to save the lost. So may our eyes be on the lost. May we remember this week, all that Jesus has done for us. But may the love that he's poured out on us be fresh fuel to the mission of being about other people. Start having the band make their way up. And and right after this story, Jesus goes and it's believed that Zacchaeus went along with Jesus. And they come to an intersection. They come to a place. They come to the Mount of Olives, Bethany and Bethesda. They come to this place. Jesus goes and, or his disciples go, and they get him an unridden donkey. He sits on this donkey, and it's an elevation, and as you're looking down, you see the city of Jerusalem, and the crowd, possibly even Zacchaeus now, begin to cry out, Hosanna! Glory to God in the highest! Peace in heaven! Glory to God. And as Jesus would ride down, they begin to sing praises to God. They begin to sing praises to him. There's a moment in Luke 19, verse 41, on the triumphant entry where it says this, but as he came closer to Jerusalem, he saw the city ahead, Jesus, and he began to weep. Jesus amongst all the praises was still on a mission. And he came and he overlooked a city and he began to cry and he began to weep at what he was overlooking. And he says this, how I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it is too late. Peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close you in on every side. They will crush you t- into the ground and your children with you. Your enemies will never, or will, will, will not have a single stone in, in place because you, di- you did not recognize it when God visited you. Jesus is overlooking Jerusalem in the midst of the triumphant entry, and he begins to weep because Jesus never forgot his mission. He didn't desire the praises of man over the mission and the mandate that God had given him. And upon his ascension, Jesus has now left us with a mission. He's left us to be people that seek after the lost. Jesus came to seek and save the lost, knowing Jerusalem was blinded from the gospel. It caused Jesus to weep. May our hearts break for the lost. May our hearts break for those that the heart of Jesus broke for. If I just close your eyes real quick. As you're closing your eyes, I'm going to pray in a moment. I'm going to pray that God would reveal a Zacchaeus to each of us. That God would reveal someone in our lives that has yet to release control to Jesus. It could be a family member, it could be a friend. You may know their name, or you may not know their name. God's going to deposit someone into your heart that this week, that this week, you will show the love in a practical way of Jesus. So Lord, I pray right now, I pray Holy Spirit, deposit something, a fresh person in our spirit. Lord, deposit a person that your eyes are on. God, deposit a person that maybe we can bring with us to give them an opportunity to see you Jesus. Now, you've had an image of somebody pop into your mind. You've had an image of maybe the the clerk at the, the bank or somebody that you're in constant contact with. You may know their name, you may not know their name the Holy Spirit has put them on your heart and he's put them on your heart so that you will take action into the mission of Christ. Can we all stand together? You can open your eyes, of course, uh, as you're standing, but what we're going to do today, today is meant to be missional. And we are a missions church. We're a church that's known in our community for being about missions. But I pray that this week that you have fresh boldness, you have fresh courage to practically love, to practically share the gospel, to practically even just to invite into relationship and say, hey, why don't you come to church with me on Sunday? Hey, what are you doing on Easter? Hey, you know, you know we, we got this fun thing on Saturday for the kids, why don't you bring your family out? And then Sunday, I'll save you a seat with me Easter this is our purpose to seek and to, to seek after the lost, it's Jesus' purpose to save them we got to be people that seek them what we're going to do in, in a moment pastor is going to lead us in, in, a, in a time of corporate prayer, what we're going to do is we're going to pray for these individuals, we're going to pray that the person that God revealed to us He will provide opportunities, He'll give us boldness to talk to I want to be honest with you, I, I, as we did this in the 830 service, God put somebody on my heart I was, was not expecting. <laughs> every day, not every day, every week, I go to Wendy's and this is precious. Girl, I, I tell my Mackenzie about it all the time. She's so sweet and kind. Her name's Kayla and God said, Kayla sure is your Zacchaeus. just raise our hands and just begin to intercede. Pastor, why don't you go ahead and lead us in prayer for these people. Come on, just go ahead and cry out to God for